0: Say, man, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and stand this evening and turn to Ephesians chapter four. <clears throat> the Lord's really been dealing with me over the last couple of days about this message. And I want to talk about footholds tonight. If you haven't noticed the last uh probably two months. It's been mentioned, not every service, but almost every service about a a foothold, giving the enemy a foothold. Um, And I want to speak to us tonight about it, Lord, helping us. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank you for the day that we've had in your name, Lord, for the reason that we gather is to worship and honor and praise and glorify you, Lord, I ask that you move upon us as we uh, finish out this day, as we finish out this service, as we look again into your word, Lord. Speak to us tonight, for that's what we need most desperately, Lord. I ask this in your name, Amen. Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 27 reads like this Therefore, lay aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor and we are members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Thank you for standing tonight. A foothold, if you don't know, is a secure, strategic Position. It is a military term. It is a place in which you stand against the enemy. It's a place of fortitude. It is a place that you do not want to give up to the enemy. It's strategic, it is positional, it is purposed. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to look at it from two different perspectives. One, giving a foothold to the enemy that is letting Satan and his devices take up a strong fortitude in your life. Obviously not a good thing, right? We know not to do that. But I want to look at it also as having a foothold against the enemy. This works both ways. We don't want to give up position to the enemy, but we for sure want to stand against our enemy. Some of us here tonight have given satan footholds i can raise my hand and say that throughout my christian life i have let life get the best of me i have let satan and his thoughts and his fiery darts and the situations in life just overshadow me and instead of falling into christ and falling into my faith i've allowed position to be taken some of us are in that position tonight others of us have been in a battle, and we've been in a battle so long, we've forgotten the ground that we've gained, that we've actually taken back from the enemy. And and I'm here tonight to tell us that we need to stand and stand firm in the Lord. Dig in our feet and fight the enemy. And if the enemy has taken position in our life, we need to resist him, and we need to take back that which he Has taken. A foothold is a secure strategic position from which one can advance. That's the definition of what a foothold is. It's a military term. In World War II, uh, the Allied forces invaded Normandy, France, and they established a beachhead. They established a foothold on that beach, and it was behind enemy lines. And that foothold allowed our allies to uh, create a base of operations, a forward operating base. And it proved to be the springboard, if you know your history, to win the European theater. Same thing happened in our Pacific theater. We started hopping islands, taking this island, taking that island. We get to the island of Peregru, and we need that island. And from that island, we establish a foothold deep into enemy territory. And ultimately, they were planning on invading mainland. We never got to that point. We dropped a few bombs and they said, we're sorry, and it's over, right? We never got to that point, but it was from this strategic land, this foothold that we as our allied forces had taken from the enemy, Without the foothold in Normandy, without the foothold in the Pacific, our allied forces, uh, we were at a distinct disadvantage. First thing you never want to do is get into a two-front war, and that's what we found ourselves in. We were split. We were divided. And we needed strategic operations. We needed footholds in order to progress. I want us to talk about it in a spiritual sense uh, tonight. Some of us have dug our feet in because we've been fighting so long that we don't even think about advancing. We're just in a defensive position. We're just fighting for what we have. And I'll tell you tonight, be encouraged and continue the fight. Continue the fight. Don't give an inch to your enemy. Don't allow self to come up and weaken your foothold. But at the same time, our enemy is looking to advance, and he takes every opportunity that he can. He throws everything he can at us. He absolutely hates the God that is within you, and because of that, he hates you. Before salvation, I hate to tell you, you wasn't on the radar of the enemy. You had no enemy. You were a part of the problem. But in salvation, something happened so drastically, so supernatural. There was a ripping away, a reclaiming of what was God's. And Satan does not like that. You popped up on a radar that day. And you're like, that was the best day of my life for us who were saved. We can even go back in our mind. And it was so great. And it was. But you entered a battle that day. You popped up on somebody's radar And he is furious at the war, and he seeks to advance on us every chance he can. Our job as a Christian is to stand fast, and we're going to get into that scripture, the the armor of God, right? When when all else fails, what does it say? Stand. Stand. Resist. James chapter 4, resist. And he has to flee. he has to flee and then when he flees, we advance. When he flees we advance. The problem is Satan's at the door of our foothold and we throw him the keys sometimes we, we for whatever reason I don't want to fight, I don't want to do I don't want to you can insert your life experience at this. Satan has never overrun a foothold established by God, he's always walked in. He's always walked in and he gets those footholds. And if not properly treated, the foothold becomes a stronghold. And then the fight begins. We need to fight against that. We need to resist against that. And we need to advance in the spirit when opportunity arises. The Bible speaks of footholds in spiritual terms. It's a It's a term of warfare, but Paul uses it to talk about our spiritual stance, how we are to stand, first and foremost, against the powers that be in this world, but how we are to stand as Christians. The day you were saved, there was a strategic, purposed, stronghold placed in your life. Christ moved in to your life. And now he holds that position. It's it's the place that we as Christians give up. The first the first way we look at this is the way the Bible speaks of it, in a foothold in spiritual terms, it's the place we as Christians give up to the enemy to set up a strategic advantage to weaken the walk of the Christian. Satan cannot harm you. We need to understand that as a Christian, as somebody coming up newly saved, we don't need to be scared of the devil. He can't do anything to us, but we can allow him to affect us. We can allow him to affect us. And you're like, well, how do you do that? first you uh, stop and you listen to him growing up i was told uh, you know several several different things growing up if you if if the devil's messing with you you just stop and you tell him don't don't speak to the devil nowhere in the word of god is it is a christian told to turn and speak to our enemy we're told to resist we're told to stand we're told to pray And you're not praying to the devil. You're praying to God to deal with an already defeated enemy. The enemy that is seeking to devour me, Lord, is at my door. He's at my fortress. I need you to handle this. That's what we do as Christians. Don't speak to the devil. That's a bad thing to do. (laughs) Don't ever speak to the devil because I want to tell you something. He's smarter than you are. He's more cunning, the Bible says. He is sly like a fox. He beguiles mortal men. He knows exactly what to say and when to say and how to say to cause confusion in your life. And when you do that, when you start conversation with the enemy, a foothold is taken. A stronghold is being built. We have the unfortunate opportunity of growing up in a world, believe it or not, that's actually reverting back to paganism. That when we look in the Old Testament, the land of Canaan, Jericho, those who were idol worshippers, those who were uh, who were not uh, about God's business. We look at that and we read those old stories, and we're like, how in the world could people bow down to golden calves and, and speak to wooden tokens and, and all of this stuff? But get on Facebook Marketplace, searching a crystal. They're everywhere. People actually carry tokens and totems and things around their neck. It's witchcraft, y'all. It's idolatry, the Bible calls it, which is witchcraft, it's paganism. It is taking over yet again because our enemy is at his same old schemes. It's just a different era. His his job in his mind is to derail humanity and to get their eyes off of God. And he's very smart. He's very cunning. He's very good at it. But as a Christian, we've been given one thing. We've been given spiritual eyes to see. The Bible says that there is no mystery. We can look out into this world, and it's so obvious to the church to see what's happening, but the world at large is just blinded by it. They have no idea. When you talk to them, and you, you, somebody comes up to you, and they say, I had such a bad day, but this, this crystal I bought the other day, it, it's giving me peace, and, and I can meditate, and you look at them, and you're like, how in the world is a rock doing that for you? But listen, what people don't understand, it's funny, but when we look in spiritual eyes, it's horrifying. It's not the crystal. It's not the idol. It's the spirit behind the mess. People worshiping creatures and and creation, and they're bowing down to Satan the whole time. This is the spiritual warfare that we're in, and in this life, Satan is... Putting in for, is putting in fortresses, setting up footholds in people's lives, blinding them ever, ever more, and ever more, and ever more, and ever more. And if we're not careful, he'll do the same thing to the church. You're like, well, how in the world is that possible? God is more powerful than the devil. Absolutely, he is. But I do it to me. I leave the gate open, I give him an inch. He takes a mile. He sets up footholds in our lives. And at first, it's, it's something we could easily take care of. That old temptation again, Lord, how in the world? You know that's not going to bother me. You know? Somebody offers me a cigarette, that used to be a problem. That used, that used to bother me. Like, it really did. I'm like, mm, no, no, yeah, but no. Right now, it's not it's it's that's not an issue in my life. It's just one of those things that God has taken. It's been nailed to the cross. It's not a problem anymore. Until it's a problem, until I allow that thing in my life. Right. You know what I realized with my smoking issue? I needed to stay away, stay away from people who smoke. That was a big part of it. I hang around with my friends and, and 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 things like that and 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 they would light up and the smell would hit my nose the first thought would come through my mind man i'd like to have me one of those till one day i realized hey i have the power to just not go like not do that and little by little day by day what i realized is saying no to that temptation god took it from me But listen, it's so easy. It's so easy to fall back into those old temptations. Give Satan that foothold and he'll bother you with it. You'll start getting those old thoughts that come back through. I just, one ain't that big of a deal. I'm right back to age 11 and 12. I know, it's crazy. I'm right back to age 12 where I'm like, one won't hurt. You know, one's not going to be that big of a deal. Nobody will know. The Lord knows. The Lord sees. I'll tell you somebody else who's watching, our enemy. And he knows. And he sees. No, he's not all seeing like God. He's not all knowing like God. But he watches. And he waits. And he's perfectly okay with just having a toehold. Just a little crack in the wall. He's perfectly fine with that because he knows if he can hang on long enough, the wall will begin to crumble. And he'll peck and he'll pick and he'll prod and he'll throw thoughts and he'll throw fiery darts. And next thing you know, he's in the fortress and he's causing havoc. Things are popping up in your life that that were dead. But now all of a sudden, here they are again. And, and and as in the life of the Christian, maybe it's just me, but but I'll have things that pop up in my life periodically. I'm like, where in the world did that come from? Like where where did that thought come from? What what is this? And I'll stop and I'll pray, and what I'll realize is somewhere down the line, somewhere down the line, I gave Satan a foothold, and I just didn't deal with it. So that's the only thing. That Satan needs is for us to not resist. That's it. To just allow it. And over time, see, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Well, guess what? The devil's very patient too. He doesn't have the fruit of the Spirit. But he's patient. He's willing to wait. Because he realizes, if I I just have time, I can devour. That's a lot of what we see within the church. It is, Satan has never stopped warring against the church. And some of us have. You know what happens if one side of a war stops fighting? The other side wins. The other side takes over. We fight and we fight and we struggle in our spiritual life and we take ground and we advance. And, and, and if we just stop, that goes the other way. And what's left is we start to realize, hey, I'm losing ground here and I have to start fighting again and I'm taking over the same ground that I already gave to the Lord. Nothing makes Satan happier than to see us stop. Don't quit. Nothing makes him more excited to get a foothold in something. And we're talking about this in personal in your life, but listen, this isn't just about us. This is about this church. This is about this community. This is about your family. This is about your marriage. This is about your workplace. This is about your friends. This is about your family. Satan will use a foothold in your life and wreak havoc in others. Resist. Resist. You go, well, man. Just Satan's just been attacking my family. Resist. My marriage is under attack. Resist. My husband, my wife won't help me. Resist. Stand in the gap for the weaker vessel. You say, well, can my husband be a weaker vessel? Yeah, sometimes. That's the beauty of a marriage. That's the beauty of a family, a saved born again family is that when I am weak, God has already raised up somebody to be strong. He he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And if you're in a struggle tonight and you're like, I'm the weak one, don't let Satan blind you to the ones that are strong around you. Or if you are the one who who is just standing in the gap and resisting, stand. Don't give up. God's raising up reinforcements. Continue to stand. Psalm 69, 1 through 2, the psalmist, he's in in distress and he cries out to God for uh, salvation. And his situation is, is very dire. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. I have sunk in deep mire, and and there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and a flood overflows me. So, yes, we understand that Satan seeks to take footholds. But in our life, we need to seek the foundation of Christ. We need to sink our feet into the fortress of, who is our Lord, because without Him, all it is is sinking mire. It's as if we're treading water in the ocean, and there's nothing beneath us. You can't resist. I'm called to resist the devil, and he'll flee from me. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and read that. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's the way the Lord's going. Let's read. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4. We're going to read verses 7 and verses 8. I've been quoting verse 8, this whole whole message. But verse 7 is the key to verse 8. How do I resist Satan and resist him in a way that he will flee from me? James 4 and 7 says, Submit, therefore, to God. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. How do I resist? If you are here tonight, and you're like, okay, this is me, I've given Satan a foothold in my life. What do I do about it? You're ringing my bell. You're pushing my button like, yeah, me. It's me. Submit to the Lord. Just do what we know to do is good. Just be a Christian first and foremost. Stop playing around with the enemy and resist in the power of Jesus Christ, and he has to flee. Some of us tonight need need this in our life right now. I need the power of Christ in my life. I need to sink my feet into the foundation that is my mighty fortress. I need the Lord of hosts to come in and rescue me because I am in a battle. I need help. I'm speaking to somebody tonight, if it ain't just for me, because listen, We've been in a battle, y'all. This church, this church has been in a battle. And it started with the church, but what our enemy has understood is that if I can separate, if I can just manipulate and move the church and think that they're all alone, and get them off on their own, and get them worried about their own situation and their own thing, then he can separate us from those who can help. Remember, Paul is talking about spiritual warfare, but he is using war in general to understand it. What do you need to do to win a battle? Brother Travis could tell you, those who have been to war could tell you, if you take on an enemy that is more powerful than you, the last thing you want to do is take them head on, right? If they have more numbers, if they have more technology, if they have more experience, the last thing you want to do is just go one-on-one and take them on. You try and flank them. You try and bust them up. You try and get them fighting multiple little wars for the main war. And that's exactly what Satan is doing to the church, us included, but the church in whole. Listen, we're not alone in this. You may feel like you're alone, you're not alone in this. Reach out to those who know. Who know? Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. And then verse 8, draw near to God. Draw near to the one who can help. Some of us have been so scared to just bend the knee and speak the words. Because it's as if if I if I vocalize what's been happening in my life, it'll make it real. Like, we've, we've deceived ourselves to think, well, it's just an internal thing, and if I just don't speak about it, it'll go away. Listen, it's not going away, church. We need to bend our knee to God. We need to go to God in prayer and ask Him with our words to help, specifically on our situations. If it's grief, He's the only one that can help us in that. If it's a battle with friends and family, He's the only one Who can help us with that? If I am vexed in my soul because of my workplace, he's the only one that can change any of this. If Satan is buffeting you, he's the only one that can stop him. You don't have the power in yourself to stop the devil. You don't. Yeah, he's been defeated. Absolutely. He's still more powerful than you are. Some of us that we take the man mentality where I'll just knock him in the jaw and everything will be okay. Well, we've been knocked so far back trying to fight an enemy that you, where is the devil? Where is Satan? But where is where is the enemy that buffets us? Can you point him out? No, cuz he's a spirit. We're fighting we're fighting a war that I can't see, but I know I'm in. We're fighting an enemy that is right next to me and yet I can't I can't defend myself from him, but I can resist him in the spirit of God. I can draw near to God because guess who isn't near to God? Our enemy. Guess who's been cast away from God? Our enemy. Guess who's been invited in to the presence of God? We have. Guess where my refuge is found? It's in Christ. Guess where my enemy can't reach me? It's in God. Quit trying to be a big person. Quit trying to put your adult pants on and fight our enemy and just fall into God. And He'll flee from us. He'll have to. Because the Bible says what? That God, He's not going to be around sinfulness, evil, unholy things. He's not going to allow if you draw near to God, if you plant your feet in the foothold of Christ, if you fall into the fortress that is the Lord of hosts, Satan can't reach us. He can't. Oh, he's going to form weapons, right? We all know that verse. He's even going to use those weapons on us, but they are not going to prevail. The problem is, is when you're outside of the wall, when you're outside of the fortress, when you are on the other side of the gate, and you think you're okay, we need to fight back. Just a few more. Second Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Right? You knew we were going here. This isn't anything new, but it's something that we need to hear. We don't war in the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powered. Listen, divinely powered for the destruction of fortresses. You say, I'm I'm the one. Satan has a foothold in my life. Guess what you've been given? You've been given a weapon divinely powered, specifically made Destroy fortresses. We have what we need. We have what we need. We need to take our weapon off of safety and use it. What is that weapon? Well, it's submission. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Fall into God. Our weapons aren't carnal, our weapons are not weapons. Their positions. And that position is placed firmly behind Christ. I mean, I am standing, I am standing at attention, and I am confident because God's in front of me. Not beside me, not behind me, not afar off telling me what to do, where to go, but He is in front of me. What did Christ say? We read the scriptures this morning. We can read them again. It was in Mark and it was in Luke. He said, "Pick up your cross and what? Follow me." Christ never asks us to go before him. He is he is the shepherd. He he is the leader. He is before us. He is cutting the trail. He is leading us through the, the issues of life. We've gotten that wrong in church as a whole, and we think that if I just Come to Christ, that my life's going to be better, that that I'm not going to have to go through things, that He's just going to take things out of my life and He's going to maneuver me around situations. And sometimes that's true. When we get to heaven and and we look and we see over our life and we truly understand what God has done in our life, we're gonna. That's why we throw our crowns at His feet. That's why we praise Him for a thousand years. Like it's there are so many things that hasn't happened in our life that should have, and it's just been God moving us through, but He never promised to take us out of the danger. He promised that we'd go through it. He never promised Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They never stood up to Nebuchadnezzar and said, our God is going to take us out of this problem. No, they said He can. Like We believe, right? And I'm paraphrasing, but this is what He said. We believe... That our God is powerful enough to deliver you out of your hands. Deliver us out of your hands. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. We're still not going to give place for the enemy. We're still not going to allow this foothold to be set up in our life. We need to believe that tonight. That God is powerful enough to change the situations of our life. But if he doesn't, he's going to bring us through it. He's going to bring us through it. Satan will try to defeat the Christian by first attempting to establish a foothold in our life and continued sin, unrepentance. It opens the door and allows these footholds. Why is it so important, like this morning's message, to crucify the flesh? Because this is the conclusion of walking in the flesh is being ruled by someone other than God having some some other manipulator in your life we can prevent it we just need to rely on God and and, and keep the right uh, priorities No one serving as a soldier, 2 Timothy 2 and 4, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. That's a scheme of the devil. You understand that, right? That he gets us entangled in life, and we just take our eyes off of God and put them on things. And and there's the foothold. It's so easy. It's so easy. And if we don't deal with it, then that foothold, that's just a position. You understand that, right? Like when we invaded Normandy, there was so many soldiers hit the beach and we had a position. But we ain't we ain't took the beach. Like we had a foothold, right? But there were still pillboxes and and the enemy was still berating us and and things was still happening. It wasn't until we took the beachhead and we established a fortress that then the enemy was like, oh no, we, we've lost the the strategic position. Right? A, a foothold is just a place in a foreign position. It's just a place where you shouldn't be, if we're talking about the enemy, right? But it's when he is allowed to build up the fortress, then now there's a problem. Now it's so hard to get rid of. Now it's a test. It's a trial. It's it's another thing that I have to deal with in my life. Let us understand this. The thing about winning a war is you know your enemy, right? You, You know your enemy. And if we know what he's going to do, we can be ready for him. We can be prepared for him and we can we can fight him. We can resist him. Jesus is our refuge. He is our commander. And he's not only solving and has solved our sin problem, but he's also given us power through the Holy Spirit to walk in him. Amen. Let's stand tonight.